We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg, a savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 feet. The whole burst to it. 20. Right step to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. A high school quarterback. He's got a throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs a tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partners in crime, Johnny Gomez. It's been a while, Magic Johnny. It's been a while. And Tommy Evans. And this is different than last night. Last night we had 15 minutes of pleasantries. We'll get to those pleasantries. But it's literally getting ready to go here in the second round. Rams pick fourth in the round, and immediately we have to ask the question, and the question is, what do you do here? What do you do here? I'm going to go with Johnny right away. Again, we'll get the pleasantries later, but the pick's going to come quickly. So, Johnny, at 36, you're the Rams. What are you doing? Well, I'm definitely keeping the pick. Um, You know, there's quite a few guys still left aboard. I, I really don't like the idea of getting Will Levis, so let's just get out get that out of the way. Um, personally, if I'm the Rams picking, I got to go Joey Porter Jr. here. Huge need, cornerback, got to replace uh, Ramsey somehow, and pretty much you have a huge core of cornerbacks to deal with now. So this would be a, a, a huge impact right away. If he's there. Correct, if he's there. If he's there. And the odds of them being there with Pittsburgh right there, man, that's that's a thought. Pittsburgh's pick is first. That's considering if Pittsburgh actually keeps the pick. I think they trade back. Oh. 
Oh, possible. Going over to you, big dog. Tommy, what do you do? What's up, gentlemen? Um, Yeah. Well, we got four picks in front of us, and four guys are going to come off the board, some of which I might want. Um, I have a a five-player short list that I would take at, at 36. There's actually like probably 15 dudes that I would take. There's so many good players available in the second round, but... I mean, just off the top of my head, I would go Joey Porter Jr., Brian Branch, Jonathan Mingo. Um, I, I don't want to butcher this guy's name, but it's the defensive end from Northwestern and Cody Mausch, uh, the utility offensive lineman from North Dakota State. Those Dude, are those are the ones you're looking for in the second round. Yeah, but there's more too. I mean, I would go. There's so many guys I like here. Usually, I was telling somebody this earlier today. Usually, when our picks come up, I know exactly who I want, so I just pencil them in. Um, This year, this is not the case. So when we're up, if we pick at 36 or we trade down to 41 with Tennessee so they could grab a quarterback, um, wherever we pick in in, in the near future, uh, I'm going to need to go radio silent for a few minutes so I can make up my mind. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I was looking at a mock draft today and, and it had the Rams taking a tight end at 36. And yuck. I, I mean, here's, here's, I get the question I got, guys, was who do they take? And my answer was, I don't know, because at this point, you've got so many needs that you, you really, you really have a lot of choices. And it's hard for me to decipher what, where do you prioritize here? Because you, they can use an edge, they can use a linebacker, they can use a corner, they can use a safety, but we're not going to go safety now because that's dumb. You know, they can use a lot. This team is needs a complete, like we were talking about, 
a complete reload. This is not, I mean, not even a rebuild. So if you are prioritizing a position here, what I'm hearing from Johnny is if that corner there is there, Joey Porter Jr., you take him. What are you prioritizing, Tommy? Playmakers. It doesn't matter what position they're at. If you look at the Rams' current roster right now, and they have like 40 guys on there. And I mean, if you look at them, it looks like the replacements. I mean, I don't even recognize this roster anymore. It's it's really bad. So we could go in any direction, but whoever we grab needs to be a day one starter blue chip player at whatever position we grab. The only position I'm not super high on is tight end because I'm not super high on tight end anymore in the NFL. As a matter of fact, I was telling the guys last night on on spaces after the draft, um, Josh hosted a spaces and there was a ton of us on there, man. It, it got up to like 30 or 40 people at one point. And I said, I don't see the tight end position being a valuable position in the NFL anymore because it's not even valuable in fantasy football. As soon as the first three tight ends are off the board in fantasy football, it's like, why do you even want to draft that position? It's a pile of garbage. So if you look at it that way, the tight end doesn't even matter in the NFL anymore, dude. It's not that great of a position, you know, you, unless you're finding, you know, a Gronk or a Kelsey or a Kittle, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. And the, um, Luke's, um, Lance Zerlin has him going to has him going with Luke Musgrave at pick thirty six, the Oregon State senior tight end. That's who he has him taking. Um, you only go tight of- end when you, when you're when you're a team like the Buffalo Bills. They went tight end in the first round with Kincaid from Utah. You know why? Because they're a they're a Super Bowl contender that needs a tight end. That makes sense. But we're a terrible team that needs everything. So I'm not taking a tight end first, dude. Johnny, if it's not corner, who else? Um, personally, I wouldn't necessarily mind tight end. I'm not as against it as Tommy is. But at the same time, I, I do kind of agree with them as well. If if there's really no other player uh, that's, you know, sort of from that skill positional needs, I'm not I'm not targeting tight end if there's another position available like for example i would love the idea of the rams going after you know maybe a bj uh ojolari from lsu that would be somewhat of a reach at this at this point but edge is such a huge need i would much rather them reach than than go after you know say a michael meyer or uh a luke musgrave or even a darnell washington it's tempting because I do think these guys are talented, but at the same time, there's so many other needs that the Rams have. It, it is a bit of a luxury pick, especially considering the Rams still also have Tyler Higby on the roster. So this guy, whoever they would draft a tight end, would essentially be taking a redshirt year behind Tyler Higby, you know, just to kind of, you know, learn the NFL level. So... Just want to note, I mean, you mentioned a reach, a reach guy. And by the way, you know, there's a chance your guy will still be there at 66 on the Rams pick. Is there a, I mean, given the fact there is a lack of, well, I mean, a lack of talent, how important is the Rams don't reach? They get the guy they need, a sure bet. How important to you is a sure bet, Johnny? 
it, it is important. Um, but at the same time, you can go back and pass drafts, especially with tight ends. Hasn't exactly worked out in the Rams' favor all the time. I mean, you can go back to Gerald Everett, who I, I, I suppose he's a fine tight end, but not someone that was good enough for the Rams to want to retain. So there's that. I, I would much rather them look for that guy that they want to keep on this roster and keep on it because uh, they can actually afford him. You know, so it, it it would even come to the point where I, I think I might rather them go after, say, a Brian Branch, who's a safety, rather than going after a, a, a tight end at this point. But again, would I hate it? Not necessarily, just because I do think they are, you know, there are plenty of talented guys here. But yeah, no, nah, I, I would I would still much rather the Rams, you know, focus at cornerback preferably. You know, there is other guys available at cornerback as well, other than Porter. Uh, and certainly, you know, uh, Tyreek Stevenson will still be there. It, it's just it's such a huge position of need that I, I'm all for it. You know, go go cornerback, go uh, edge rusher. It's got to be. It's got to be. Oh, yeah, for me, it's frustrating, with, you know, that we have to talk about corner, considering we drafted two corners last year and two safeties last year. Um, and we're still talking about it as a position of need. I know we took the guys later, blah, blah, blah. But the the Kansas City Chiefs took the corner that I wanted instead of Kendrick. I penciled in Jalen uh, Watson from Washington State at pick 211, I believe. And he ended up starting for the Chiefs last year as a rookie and played in the Super Bowl and, and played a fantastic role in helping them win. So I picked a, a immediate starter in the sixth round, um, and we did not. I mean, we got Kendrick. He just came in and played because of injury, and you know he struggled. And he played on one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in, in college football in Georgia. So I'm not sold on our current scouting department they're making really bad choices and if a guy that sits uh in his you know a little computer chair at his house like me the the quote-unquote armchair gm can make better picks than the professionals so to speak it's a little disheartening for me and joey porter jr does go to the steelers yeah shocker (laughs) i mean his dad played there like i was not thinking he was going to be available at 36 so man could dream a man can dream. Well, he dreams more. By the way, presenting for the Rams tonight's Tory Holt in the second round. So that'll be nice to see him up there. The guy who should be in the Hall of Fame by now, but isn't. Should be. He'll get but, there. He should have been there already, though. Yes, should have been there. Already. That's not the way the voters look at it. They're all they're they're going to spread out. I mean, you had two Hall of Fame wide receivers on the same offense. And look how long it took, you know, Isaac to get in. They're gonna, they're gonna spread him out. It's just the way it is. He'll get there eventually. He he's earned it, and he'll be in. So looking here, so the corner that corner's off the board. Uh, you're saying you didn't expect that. Johnny's hoping, you know, Johnny's. You can dream. Well, now you have Arizona, Detroit, Indianapolis, and the Rams. Tommy. Before we actually went on the air, and I, and I stopped the conversation because it was already getting good. Um, what do you take? How do you feel about the possibility of the Rams moving back? I mean, 
they've done before. You instantly were like, no, blah, blah, blah. Can you feel, what is your feel on the Rams potentially moving back out of 36? Well, my gut reaction was no, because like I said, I'm sick and tired of trading our blue chip capital in the first and second rounds all the time. And we did it for proven talent, you know, in the NFL that was already there and we won a Super Bowl. Good job. But the, the FDM picks days are over. The NFL is kind of, you know, caught on to that. And because the Rams actually won the Super Bowl building a dream team that way, um, the rest of the NFL probably, you know, you could tell they got a little, you know, hey, it worked. We're going to shut them down. And that's when the Carolina Panthers turned down two first round picks for Brian Burns, which in theory, no GM would turn that down. I mean, you're going to get two first round picks for, a, you know, a, a good pass rusher, but he's no, he's no, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't have traded two first round picks for him, but t- the Carolina Panthers turning that down showed me that the NFL is like, yeah, no, the Rams are done with that F them pick stuff. If you guys want to build a team, Build it the way we're all doing it. Sorry, guys. Game over. You know, this is a game of chess, and eventually you're going to get figured out. You know what I mean? Nobody thought the Rams were going to be able to win a Super Bowl building it the way they were doing it because no one did it before. We've seen dream teams be built, you know, before with trading picks, and, you know, the Eagles tried to do it a long time ago, and it never worked. Well, it finally worked, so the rest of the teams are like, yeah, no, no, that's not happening no more. You're going to have to... Yeah, build your own scouting department and draft your own players, dudes. Sorry. Okay, so going back though, because you're making a great point, but what it, you're saying no, but what if they do trade back? And my, my, my only, is, the, it would be less than ten picks, and it would have to be for a team that wanted a quarterback like Tennessee at forty-one. I would go from thirty-six to forty-one and pick up a fourth. I would do that. So, no more than five picks, basically. Ten at the most, but at the most. no more than that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more restricted. I'm saying no more than five. I mean, go get your guy. No more than five. Johnny, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. Not too far down. Definitely don't want to go way, you know, past ten. You know, there's definitely guys that they could still select. Um, in you know, five picks or lower or five picks, maybe a little bit more than that. But yeah, it, once you get further past 10, Ooh. Picks, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but Tennessee just traded up to 33. So uh, they're probably taking, they're well, they're either taking Hendon Hooker or Will Levis right here. I would go Hendon Hooker if I was them. I think he's the better quarterback. And I think that. It'll help sell tickets because he played at the University of Tennessee. It's a win-win for them. So that would be my choice. I don't think Will Levis. Will Levis reminds me of uh, Bo Callahan from the Draft Day movie. I'm sorry. Something about him just rubs me the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a better movie than people think it is, by the way. Dude. Totally unrealistic. People that don't like that movie cannot be my friend. I'm sorry. Totally unrealistic. But. That's why it's great. Yeah. See, that's what people don't understand. Everyone wants to apply logic to everything. Like people that don't, you know, that don't like the Marvel movies, you know, I I just enjoy them for what they are. But you get these comic book nerds that are just want to dissect everything. It doesn't match the the comic book and this and that. And I'm just like, dude, just enjoy it. It's sweet and it's funny. Okay. There's a lot of comedic moments. Like, I don't get it, dude. 
Cardinals get a 41st, a third, a third round to a 72, and a 2024 third round to for that for um Tennessee move up basically seven spots and they get the an 81. So see that should have been us. That is sweet. That, that is that's a, a good deal. deal for Arizona. And 2024 is a loaded draft. That man. And then you look at Detroit and Indianapolis here. They, you know, what does Detroit do? They were probably thinking Detroit takes a quarterback. Well, now they're taking the guy they want. Does Detroit take a quarterback? We'll find out. Here we go. Any thoughts here, Tommy, for, uh, not Tommy, sorry. Um, Johnny, before we actually get to the pick? Yeah, I, I'm kind of with Tommy on this one. I, I think it's going to be Hendon Hooker. It just makes too much sense. Which, I got to say, I kind of feel bad for Will Levis. It's got to be disheartening knowing that you were you were kind of mocked to be a top 10 pick only to fall completely out of the first round. Oh, they took Levis. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, then I'll there shut up. Go. There you go. Um, I don't agree with that pick. I would have taken Hendon Hooker. I actually, and people think I'm crazy, but we'll see four or five years down the road. But I think Hendon Hooker is the best quarterback in this draft. You well, you think he's the best quarterback in the draft? Yep. Whoa. Shots I do. Fired. Shots fired, exactly. That dude only threw two interceptions last year, bro. <laughs> you can't teach that. Like, he's just, he's mature. He has great character. He has great intangibles. He's, he's the kind of guy that you want to lead your franchise. And he has all of the stuff that uh, Bryce Young has. As far as, you know, talent, but he's also the size of a regular quarterback in the NFL, too. So he has that one up on him. And I'm not like I said yesterday, I was really pumped for Bryce Young to get drafted in the NFL. But more importantly, number one overall, because I'm the same height and, and you know, my playing weight was 205, 510. He's my size, dude. And I was told I would never play quarterback above college uh, because of my height. And I played really, really long time ago. I'm 44 years old. So to see the game evolve into what it has today and seeing a guy that's my size being able to start in the NFL and be the number one overall pick was huge for us smaller quarterbacks back in the day. So kudos to him, man. So um, reading the Rams, we're in on... We're in on trading up last night potentially for Kincaid, who did not they didn't make the deal. Um, also hearing they looked at moving up for quarterbacker. So we'll see. But we're two picks away. Detroit's I pick is in. I would love for them to move up for Nolan Smith. Man. It, do you move up right now at this point for them? You, when your draft capital is what it is, do you move up for anything? He's got to no. be something special, right? Well, now no. I would I would move up. You're two picks away from picking. I'm not talking about now. All. I'm talking about like last night. You move no. From, was there anything that would, in your view, that was there that you'd say move up given the, the draft capital you have? No, I don't want to trade any more draft capital. I'd rather just let the draft fall to me. And maybe move back a little bit to pick up a fourth because we don't have any fourth round picks. So that that Grand Canyon between seventy seven and one sixty seven, I'm I'm going to be really bummed tomorrow. Well, you know, <laughs> we have to wait that long to pick. So it would be nice today um, 
if we could trade back from 77 and uh, pick up a fourth, that'd be cool. Man, I, I would have absolutely traded up to to get Nolan Smith, man. I was I was praying for it, man. Ooh, the Detroit Lions are just drafting nothing but tough guys. They took not only did they take the middle linebacker from Iowa, they just took the tight end, Sam Laporta from Iowa. They are building a roster that is going to make anyone they play against the next day wake up in the morning and go, man. I don't know if I can get out of bed today because everything hurts. <laughs> Dude, I like what they're doing. People were killing the Lions draft yesterday, and I wasn't. And because you have to, everyone, I'm so tired of everyone growing up watching uh, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and all these guys and, and these draft formulas and these reaches, these terms that drive me crazy that people have built this system of the NFL draft, right? And it's like, there's no such thing as a reach, first of all. If if you like a guy and you don't think he's going to be available at your next pick, there's no such thing as a reach, dude. Like, just go get your guy. That's that's your job as a GM and as a, as a scouting department is to get the guys you want, not because some expert said they're a projected fourth-round pick. Who, the, who cares what up. you think? You know what I mean? Like, it's just stupid, dude. Raiders, Raiders are just went above was, us. So what was Tutu Atwell? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> do you feel he was a reach? I feel that they grabbed their guy. I just didn't agree with it. <laughs> but I wouldn't call it a reach. I, I mean, if, if we want to go into that terminology, I had him like a sixth or seventh round pick grade on my board but that's not that's my board that's not Les Snead's board or Sean McVay who am I to tell them who they think is good or what you know what I mean and vice versa I'm not going to let them tell me who they think is good because I'm going to laugh in their face and vice versa they're going to look at my board and be like you know what you're talking about and I'm going to do the same to their board so at the end of the day it's just human analysis judging another human being that's all it is I think that they grabbed their I think that they grabbed Tutu because there was two receivers that went off the board to our division rivals right before Tutu and pissed off Sean McVay. They they had their wide receiver draft board. They wanted the dude from what uh what was it Purdue the guy that's on Arizona can't remember his name now. Um, he went off the board. Then they uh Dwayne Eskridge went to Seattle like the very next pick. So all the receivers started coming off, and Sean and and Les panicked. And they grabbed the next guy on their wide receiver board instead of grabbing best player available blue chip guys like Nick Bolton or Creed Humphrey, who are immediate day one starters. By the way, both went to the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. And they're just winning Super Bowls and and winning every year. And it's not all Patrick Mahomes, guys. It's the way they build their roster. So let me ask you a question. And and again, we don't know what's going on here. We're waiting for this. Apparently the Rams picks already in, but um they're not even on the clock, but apparently it's already in. What if, because I caught what you said, Tommy, what if they take Hennon Hooker? Since you're so in love with the guy, what if they took him in 36? How would you feel about that? I wouldn't cry about it. I mean, we don't, it's not a position of need other than that fact that we only have one on our roster, which means we need to have more than one. Um, yeah, I'm not going to hate it. I, 
we're in a pickle, dude. We need a lot of things, you know. Um, they, I, it's going to be hard for me to hate. They're going to really have to mess this up. There's so many good players available. They're really going to have to mess this one up for me to get upset with whoever they pick. But they they do it year in and out to me, so I shouldn't be shocked if I see some dude from I don't know where the hell you are, State University, go off the board right now. Well, the Raiders probably moved up to get Hooker. That also tells me that the Rams may decide not to move. The Colts got the 38th pick. So they definitely chose to move ahead of the Rams for whatever reason. All right. As soon as I see who the Raiders pick, I'm going to go radio silent for a minute, take my headphones off because I don't want to hear you guys like say who the Rams picked if I haven't uh, <laughs> made my made my decision yet. <laughs> Okay. Fair enough. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> Johnny, thoughts here. Here we go. What are your thoughts? I think the Raiders, Raiders get up. Hendon Hooker here. You said I think that, that would be a smart move, Johnny. I really I, do. I, I really think because we we've been oh, hearing a lot of Michael Meyer. Ah, oh, okay. Michael Meyer. That Notre makes Dame. more sense then. All right, I'm going radio silent for a, a minute, gentlemen. I'll be back when I put my pick in. I'll be right back. <laughs> Well, they I might have to pick in. They might already have it up already. I don't want to know. I, I need to make my pick on on my own without seeing who they pick. All right, we'll see if <laughs> I think it's going to be right Brand back. Too. So, who do they? In your, okay, here it is. Who are they taking, Johnny? Who you want to take? Oh man, uh, I would love BJ Ojolari, but uh, I think it's early. I think he'll be there. Uh, I, but. Honestly, or or Tyreek Stevenson, but I think they're going to probably pick a tight end. I think they go Musgrove here. You think Musgrove? I, I I'm, I'm, you know, Brant still there. Is Brant fit for them? Uh, did you say Branch? Yeah. Yeah, he's still there. I mean, it's. <laughs> There, there's a lot of talent here, and I'm, and I don't. My my thought is, if the Rams were going to move back, they would have moved back at this point. Like the fact that someone jumped in ahead of them. Benton's still there, defensive tackle. Um, Brents, sorry, Brents as well. I meant who I meant. Corner from Kansas State is still there. So who are you hoping for, Derek? I'm just curious. You know, man, I I don't know. I I don't know. I don't want them to take a quarterback. Next year's draft is loaded and they're gonna be picking high. Like they're gonna get their quarterback next year in a much better draft. Yes, I agree. And if for that reason alone, I want them to do something similar to what the to what the Cardinals just did move back. If you can get a pick for next year, that's the only reason at this point I want the Rams to move back. If they move back, because I know how deep next year's draft is. I I mean, I I would be okay with it if they move back and um, hopefully there's a team out there that are really trying to get a Hendon hooker. Um, But I, I just don't know if there's a team out there that wants them that badly that, you know, they aren't willing to wait. But there's so much else. In my view, use this draft to build, put building pieces in for next year 
when they get their quarterback. The, the key to winning, I think, right now is keeping that quarterback cheap as long as you can. So if you get your quarterback now, by the time you come, that's one year loss on that contract. You want to get as cheap quarterback contract as possible. So you wait till next year for your quarterback and you build more around him now. That's that's my thought process on it. So build. So if you need offensive line help, if you need defensive line help, if you need corner help, and all those things, go get those now on your board. The fundamental things, and then worry about quarterback next year. Uh, they need help everywhere, though. Yeah, they do, and that's why it's going to be really tough to to figure out where they're going to pick. But we're just a mere few seconds away of learning this. I'm I, anticipation's killing me, man. Hmm. Well, Sosa is on saying the Rams are taking Steve Avila. And Jake's uh-huh. on there. So, so, guard Steve Avila. That's what's on Twitter at the moment. It, it, honestly, if they go guard, if they go offensive line, will any of us complain? Honestly? Uh, it, it's not the sexiest pick out there. Oh, what uh, do they need? Is- <laughs> But it is, it is a need. It's just going to be real interesting to see what they do at offensive guard. Uh, does that mean they move Coleman Shelton back as a backup center? Um, do they have little faith in Logan Bruss at this point? Uh, it's just kind of interesting because I figured if they were going to do that, if they were going to draft offensive linemen, I thought it would be center, if I was going to be honest. No, and right now they're showing on NFL Network the Rams draft house. I'm not gonna lie to you, I I am so sick of the draft house. <laughs> it's like, the lab now, Derek. It is the no, lab. Sorry, the lab. The lab. Listen, damn it, the lab. Given the the uh, the draft issues in the last couple of years, and they haven't had issues. I it'll be, I don't want to hear the draft house. <sighs> Here we go. So Steve Avila. And Tori yeah. Holt's up there now. Hey, Tori. <laughs> so, Steve, I'm is it Avia? Guard uh, TCU. Yeah. So, Ace. You know, I don't, and I don't know that it's a problem with, with Logan Bruss. I mean, Logan Bruss is coming off a knee surgery, though. You know, and if Logan Bruss works out, all of a sudden you got both your guards that you need. I'm not sure I'm I'm complaining at all. Get me a guess if they're trying to run the foot if they're trying to finally get that running game straight. You know, he's got he's got good, I, I can't wait to hear what what Tommy has to say about it. Yeah, but, I'm I'm real curious myself. Honestly, given the fact that they have ignored the offensive line position in the first couple of rounds the last few years and uh, I mean this also this also would signal a commitment to the running game, which we've all been harping on. So I'm not sure this is a bad thing. No, no, definitely not. And uh, it's definitely not going to be one that you're going to... It's not a selection that you're going to be, like, hyped about because these really offensive linemen just don't get the credit they deserve ever. So... Um, you know, it, it's it's gonna blow over as as kind of a 
a, a meh pick, but in the end, it could benefit the Rams in the long run, especially because we know um, Sean McVay typically likes to cross-train anyway. So I imagine that he'll probably cross-train him to uh, maybe slide over in at center as well. So we'll see. You know, I I, I don't hate the pick, don't love it, uh, but I, I think pretty much a lot of these guys that they were targeting at pick 36 were already off the board. So, um, and maybe they were trying to find a trade partner, uh, but that may have not panned out after all, but okay with it. Don't love it. Don't hate it. Well, I'm back. Honest, oh, <laughs> you're back. So, you know, do you know who they took yet? <clears throat> I do. Because I've been listening to you guys since I made my pick and put my headphones back on. Um, I'm so proud of them right now. <laughs> they took offensive line. When you have a quarterback that's going to make $49 million next year and he's getting older, you need to protect him. And they have done a terrible job over the last handful of years. There's a reason why Jared Goff is not a Ram anymore because they didn't build a good enough O-line around him and O-line depth to keep him upright and not a mobile quarterback. And Matt Stafford is not that much more mobile than um, Jared Goff is. So uh, they grabbed a dog here. Um, and you know how I feel about offensive linemen and defensive linemen. You need to be a tough guy or I'm not even looking at you. And this guy is absolutely a mauler. So I don't hate this pick at all. I, If I was going to go offensive line at that pick, I would have went Cody Mouse from North Dakota State. But I ended up taking the safety from Alabama, Brian Branch. Um, he's a Swiss Army knife in the secondary, and that's exactly what you need. And he's a and he's a dog as well. So, but you're not complaining about this one either, right? No, absolutely not. Sorry. For the first time in a long time, I'm like, dude, good job. Like you, you actually are taking how to build the team seriously and stop playing like we're playing Madden or something, and just drafting all these gadget wide receivers and and converted tight ends from small schools and. All this nonsense. So I appreciate the pick. I really do. You know, the thing is also, I think it signals, again, a, a, a commitment up front. You mentioned protecting protecting Stafford. I think it's more in line of a running game. You know, if the Rams are going to win at all next year, and we all agree they're not a lot, but you're going to win more if you can control the clock. And if you don't have a defense that's scary and your receivers aren't what they were, you do have a guy named Cam Akers who could run the football, given the right avenues. And I think this signals, in some cases, a return to running the football to where they can hopefully wear some teams down. One area, I don't know if you guys realize this, they didn't have a whole lot of releases, cuts, trades, so on and so forth on that offensive line. And, you, and they added to it here. An offensive line that we did see improve as the year went on. They weren't good, but they got better as the year went on. And maybe this signals a bit of the strategy for next year to stay in games at least to be competitive. They're going to go back no. old school and run the no. football. Those guys maybe. that were playing, no, 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 those guys aren't on our team anymore. So you can't say that. Those no, guys I'm, were replacements that we found off the streets. I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm our not sure what we're talking were about. At the end of the season, no, I'm talking overall. Like the guys oh, we got. You said, oh, the, our offensive line got better at the end of the year. Yeah, they well, did because well, what they I'm saying, what guys I'm, off the street. What I'm implying is hopefully the coaching got better. 
because they were a hot mess when the year started. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we're seeing a commitment to running the game, running the football, is what we're seeing. We did see more of a commitment to running the football as the year went on. Probably we had we, we had to. We had to. It was out of necessity. And I hate when Sean does that. He did it in 2020 with Cam Akers during the pandemic year. He ran the heck out of the ball to protect Jared Goff. Um, they they completely changed the offense that year and were running the ball a lot. He he seems to run the ball out of necessity sometimes, which I really hate. Uh, um, I would like to see him run the ball as part of his normal offense instead of you know, as soon as he gets Matt Stafford, what did you guys see against the Bears week one when he was our quarterback that year? It was like five wide receivers, and let's, let's sling it down the field every single play almost. That's that's why he got Matt Stafford, because he wants to play Madden and throw the ball, you know? So I need to see him coach up a more balanced offense and run the ball. I, I, I have to. I grew up in a different era of football, so, so a lot of this high flying all over the place just sometimes gets on my nerves, dude. Like I need, I need to see both. I need to see because when you know when you play defense, you you're, you're talking about offense. It's a trick the defense, and when you're just you know the Rams would do things where as a former defender, I would see them break the huddle and see their formations and go, I know exactly what they're going to do because of the personnel that they had on the field and where they had them lined up. They were not there was no genius offense, dude. Just not in 2017, that offense was genius because they had Todd Gurley and Todd Gurley made the defense respect the run game. And so you couldn't play 15 yards off the ball in the secondary. You know what I mean? You have to have a, you have to have a running game. You know, I just hope that he is starting to see that now that he's more of a seasoned coach overall. We've, we've been hoping for that for a while now. And yeah. you know, and he he called last year a humbling year, you know. Very, and you would that would be it's the first losing season. We talked about over and over again how he was thirty one when he took over the team. He's thirty seven. He's a still a young buck here, and a lot of times you fail upward. You 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 go through things, and you can become better for it. Sometimes you learn more by failing. It, it, we can all hope that, but we all know he also gets, we all know <laughs> he gets tunnel vision. Johnny, what are your thoughts here? We lose Johnny? Here. What are your, what are your thoughts as we, uh, hearing all this discussion? I could definitely tell that Tommy grew up in a different era of football. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, to be honest, he does bring up some good points. And I think part of what would make a good football is a a mixture of new and old school. It's just that it's really difficult to kind of go back to the old school type of football when the entire league is essentially moving into this new style of high-flying offense. When you think about it, that's what most teams are trying to do. It's not anymore, let's run it down their throat. It's very rare. And usually, like Tommy said, the only time they do that is if, A, they have that kind of beat them down type of running back, or B, necessity. And 
the only team that I can really recall recently that, you know, kind of utilized that style of offense was the Titans because of Derrick Henry, which hasn't really been as effective in recent years. So it's it's just the way the game has changed a lot. So I don't know necessarily that's just the Sean McVay issue as it is a league issue. I'm not worried about the league. I'm just worried about my team. And I just need him to Yeah, I don't ever want to go back to the the league that I grew up in because it wasn't as exciting unless, you know, you were watching Dan Marino slinging around or whatever and I don't ever want to go backwards, but you can't ignore the way this game was built and it was built through the trenches and the teams that are winning Right now and getting to the Super Bowl have great offensive lines and great defensive lines, dude. It's that simple, you know, and our offensive line that got us to the Super Bowl and we won the Super Bowl was average at best. And they were able they they caught lightning in a bottle, Um, but they came back down to earth and and like, you know, what's his Face Dennis, whatever said a long time ago, we are who they thought they were. You know, we thought they That's were. Yeah. They're not that good, dude. You know, they're just not because they're mi- a lot of the offensive linemen on our team are missing an element element that guys like me and Sly look for, which is toughness. And and a lot of them just don't have it. There's a lot of the last okay. There's a lot of offensive linemen, like really, really big dudes that are just not tough guys in general. They're just not. They're just big human beings, right? Um, like guys like Jonathan Martin got bullied out of the league. He was a, like six foot seven, 300 pounds or whatever. If I'm six foot 307 pounds walking around the streets, nobody's bullying me, dude. Nobody's bullying me at 5'10, 220. It's, it's just who you are. It's who you are. And these guys aren't tough dudes. They don't scare me at all. They don't, you know. They don't they don't scare me. The last game I ever played in 2011 was an alumni football game for charity. I was in my early 30s and I played outside linebacker uh, in a four three. Normally I play safety, but because of the the team makeup for that alumni game, a lot of the younger alumni were a lot faster than me. So they were like, hey, why don't you move down to outside linebacker for this game? You'll be more effective. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. You know, so I did. And so all my job was was either to blitz, cover the running backs, or the tight ends. And, dude, I was going up against the left tackle. He was, like, twice my size, and I was just smashing him into the floor, like grabbing him and just throwing him into the ground. You know why? Because I was just meaner than he was, and he outweighed me by 100 pounds, you know? So I need guys like Steve Avila from TCU to play on our offensive line. So that pick, to me, was a great pick because he is meaner than shit, dude. <laughs> Excuse my French, but he's a tough guy. Good job, Les Snead and Sean McVay. And I haven't said that in a long time. So I'll always give credit where credit is due. Well, I we I think we all were, you know, we we've in the last two days we've we've been hard on him. You know, it's a little weird to be hard on a front office that just, that is one year removed for a Super Bowl. But we all knew what was coming. Like we all knew that they put all their chips on the table for one Super Bowl. Well, that's great winning Super Bowl, but in LA, winning one Super Bowl is never going to be enough, right? You want them going out there and competing every year, and how they did it ensured they would not compete every year. 
one of the complaints I even heard on our shows was Tommy saying they're not tough enough. And now I'm sitting there going, they're not tough enough. And they got together for a Super Bowl run. It was gritty. It was a gritty run. But how many times last year did we see guys not making that extra push, that mean push, that killer block? We we saw a returning Cam Akers swamp for the first couple of games of the year, and everybody blames Cam Akers. And you can. You, he deserves some blame, but you know what? There weren't any holes there for him either. How many times have we talked about they're not being pushed up front? There's not holes. A guy like this, I'm, I'm getting I'm more and more on board the more and more we talk about because you will you will see push from him. You will see him mauling dudes. And I don't care what era. We're, we're talking about this era of football. I don't care what era it is. Winning football means mauling dudes. So I'm 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 happy with this, especially when we're building. Like you know, when Tommy was away, you said you're listening. Cool, quarterback. I want quarterback next year. Go get your quarterback next year. Having this guy in place on your offensive line isn't that what we're looking for, Johnny? Yes, <laughs> Johnny and Tommy. This is what we're looking. A guy guys in place to make sure whoever comes in as the next quarterback apparent is protected. He's got a guy, an offensive line that can run block. I mean, this is this is what we want. Uh, absolutely, I, I think this is why it it was may have not been the most sexiest pick out there, but it was definitely the right one because offensive line is always going to be a need, even if you have a damn good offensive line. You're always should be trying to make it better. You know, whether it be from depth purposes to, you know, maybe finding a replacement uh, for a guy that could we could lose through free agency. That's kind of something that the Rams haven't really done. They either, you know, stuck with the guys that they had, brought in street free agents or undrafted free agents, and this is kind of a turn in the right direction. And like you guys have been saying, uh, you know, trying to reestablish the run game, something that hopefully they do. You know, it's kind of something that the um, that Sean McVay talks about a lot, saying, yeah, we need to be more balanced, but he never does. It's usually either out of necessity, like Tommy keeps saying, or it's it's, you know, bullshit. You know, they just continue to go uh, uh, air it out and just hope for the best. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I thought this flashed in my mind. And Tommy, you'll remember talking about this. How many times over the course of our show do we talk about the possibility also that that the reason why McVeigh did some of the things he did was he wasn't comfortable with the with personnel he had, and a lot of that goes to your comments about roster construction. We can say we're blue in the face talking about McVeigh, McVeigh, McVeigh. In the end, the person responsible for roster construction is Les Snead, and he has a mixed record. If you want Sean McVay running the football and feeling comfortable doing things, you know, like 2017, you got to give him the roster to do it with. And how often have we seen all of a sudden Sean McVay back off and, and go this way where he tends to be more comfortable? And during those times, what's he been missing? Personnel. 
Yeah, and they've they've the offensive linemen that they've drafted since 2017, anyone that they've taken in any of the rounds has been an offensive lineman that fits their scheme, which I absolutely hate when people do that because that's how you fall into the trap of drafting the wrong guy at a certain type of position. The guy they just drafted right now doesn't fit the scheme that we run, but I don't care because he's mean and you could teach scheme to anybody. You can't teach what he has. So this was, this was such a good pick, man. I'm so proud of them for this dude. They're going away from, you know, sticking with their, oh, well, he doesn't kind of fit our zone run blocking scheme. This guy's more of a power, uh, a guy, but I'm telling you right now, as big as he is, you know, and as tough as he is, you can ask him to do anything. Like I'm going to give you guys a stat and shout out to Rams tape for posting this after the pick, but he posted this. This is an amazing stat. Steve Avila has only given up one sack in 915 pass pro snaps. Okay. That's all I need to know about how tough he is. (laughs) That's unreal, dude. That's unreal. And that's the kind of guy you want blocking for your aging future Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, this is a good pick, guys. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very proud. They, I think you make a key point here. At some point, you trust that young player to come in and learn a scheme. Why aren't teams more willing to just, hey, you know what? We like the physical tangibles. We like what you've got. Can, can you learn our scheme? When they talked with Avila and they said in, in the interview, was the question asked about the Ram scheme? And obviously, they must have gotten. I gotta think they talked about the scheme. They they had to get a feel for his brain, because for all the 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 flaws in how the Rams have done it, one thing they do they do value. We've learned is they they value smart guys. We've learned that they had to have figured out they think he can do it. That they think they can he can learn this scheme and learn it basically in three months because they're on the field in three months. Yeah, and he, let me give you something else. Uh, Duke Manyweather, who is a offensive line scouting and development guru, um, very well respected in the offensive line community, just tweeted out, the Rams just got the best offensive interior lineman in the draft. Well, there you go. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> Johnny, we're, we're going to put a bow on this. The show's almost over for a night. We have round three. We're going to cover our the third through seventh rounds t- tomorrow. After the draft, we're going to do a special show. We're going to go through the rest of the draft piece by piece. We'll, we'll talk about our surprises. We'll talk about all that jazz. But we're going to wrap it up here. Johnny, you've been a little bit quieter. You, you tend to be a little more thoughtful in your responses. You tend to, to reflect a bit more. Uh, after you get a chance to reflect here, what are your thoughts? I think um, I, I really like this. Uh, pick it, it is kind of one of those picks that it kind of resonates with you a little bit more at, after it happens offensive line picks in general are never really going to be that hype you know pick that that you tend to get excited about but it's those kind of picks that generally help your team 
to become better. And clearly, based on last season, that's what the Rams were doing. They're trying to get better, and boy, do they need to. Uh, so this is this is a step in the right direction. It's addressing the basics, which is winning the game in the trenches. And that's something that, that it's going to take some time to do. But if you continue to get solid guys like this, and hopefully they build up and become, you know, much better players than, you know, we could ever anticipate, this could set us up for the future. So here's hoping, you know, this oh. is a, a different culture change. And I, I, I'm living for it, man. I, I And, you know, there's plenty of other needs to address. So I'm, I'm real excited to see what happens in the third round as well. well I'm going to make you sad. Uh, the Cardinals took Ojolari. Yeah, I. They, they took him early, though. That's that's way early. I thought they would take him. I I, I knew as soon as the Rams picked, uh, you know, as soon as they didn't pick him, actually, that he wasn't gonna be on the Rams, which is fine. You know, it, it, I I'm not sad over the pick at all. It, it I would have much rather them pick, you know, Avila over over a tight end. You know, it, it's really not an area of need despite there being some talented guys there, really not an area of need, and this was definitely needed, so not sad about it. All right, we'll take that as your closing thought. Tommy, closing thoughts? Um, a few years ago, the Kansas City Chiefs got smoked in the Super Bowl by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 31-9, to because their offensive play was terrible. The very next draft, they drafted two rookies and started them immediately, and projected them into another Super Bowl win just a short time later. So offensive and defensive lines matter. All right, folks. Uh, the last couple of days, we've been a little bit dour on what the Rams are doing. And I'll say straight up, the, again, in the moment, as the, as the minutes go by after this pick, the more and more I'm falling in love with it. It sends a message as to where they're going, and I like that message. So. Kudos to the Rams. We give them praise when they're doing the right thing. And I think they're the right thing here. I'm excited to see where they go from here. Third round through seven tomorrow. We'll, we'll recap it tomorrow night. Until then, have a great one, and we're out of here. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.